Hello and welcome back to In The Clock End, an Arsenal podcast with me, Steve. And joining me today to talk all things Arsenal and that fabulous win over what from the weekend. Calvin, good afternoon. You all right? Good afternoon, Steve. No no complaints on my end, that's for sure. Um, everything is hunky-dory as Arsenal win again, um, which is a feeling I think we can all get pretty much uh, pretty used to. Uh, it's It's nice to see it continuing on, right? Yeah, it's a nice feeling, right? It's nice to uh, have your weekends not ruined by mm. uh, continuous bad performances and, and defeats. And and while we're on the subject of Watford, it's the main man himself who loves Watford. Liam, good afternoon. How are you, mate? Yeah, not so bad, thank you. Not sure I'm the main man per se, but yeah, as we discovered last week, I'm not a fan of Watford, am I? So I particularly enjoyed this one, as I do any win, though, obviously. It was... Um, a sweet victory, wasn't it? I think um, there's so much to talk about. I, I, I've been really looking forward to talking about today's game. Like, it's crazy that like I've, I've followed football for most of my life. I'm 30 now, and it, it's quite apparent that in fact I didn't know the offside rule, which I thought was quite funny. Um, but there's so much to talk about. We've got we've got that. We've got the the penalty, the, the save. We've got Danny Rose, which I think we could talk about all day. Then we've got the second half. We've got the throw in. First of all, I just want to say, like, it, it was a great performance from the team. I think we really dug in. Um, I think there's a lot, there's a, there's a long way to go. I think, it, I think it was a really positive result. Calvin, come to you first. Give me your thoughts, feelings, and anything you want to say about the game. Yeah, well, yeah, it was a, a great way to 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 finish the weekend, wasn't it? With three points, um, you know, we we all expected, I think, three points from this this fixture. Um, you know, you don't want to get too ahead of yourself uh, on one hand, of course, no matter what game it is, it's always going to be a bit of a challenge. And I think that's pretty much what it turned out to be, one that we came through relatively well, um, all things considered. I mean, you know, we had no Thomas Partey in the centre mid, which was a little bit of a concern for us going into the game. But I thought, uh, and obviously a lot of other people did likewise, thought that Maitland-Niles came into the squad uh, and didn't perform very well. But um you know, you touched on a few things, um, which we'll, we'll go into in more detail. But overall, look, it wasn't enthralling uh, by any stretch of the imagination. But there's been a continuation of some of the things uh, in this game, which we've seen over the last few weeks that we really appreciated. And that's, you know, that togetherness. And, you know, we've come out with another clean sheet, which is brilliant. And Ramsdale wasn't overly tested throughout this game, which is, again, that's a testament to how we're, we are defensively in, in games at the moment. But... You know, I think the only um, negative coming out of it was was probably going, you know, going forward. We didn't, you know, we weren't quite, we weren't quite cutthroat enough. Uh, probably should have scored a couple more. We'll probably come on to Aubameyang, of course. Of course. But uh, yeah, overall, look, it's another three points, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, I appreciate we didn't blow Watford away, but it was one of those games, wasn't it, where they fouled us every like thirty seconds. It felt like, and and they kept time wasting. There was a really good. Um, there was an article in the paper and it, and it, it just summed up the game perfectly. It said, um, asked to step back into the past yesterday with a grinding win over Watford, which bore echoes of the solidarity that was once their hallmark. And I feel like it, it, in the past, well, I say in the past, I think quite recently, this is the sort of game that we, we may not have won. Um, we, um, we just did enough. And I think, you know, on, on the basis of play, I think we thoroughly deserve the win. Liam, Watford's biggest fan. I bet you can't wait to get stuck into this one. No, and I'm glad you brought up actually that you felt like um, it's a result that we wouldn't necessarily have won in recent times, recent seasons, because actually Ask Blog, uh, the Ask Cast I was listening to earlier, they made the great point of 
actually, yes, that's true. But at the same time, it's one we could have very easily gone on and won like but three or four, maybe not four, that's maybe a stretch, but like two or three goals. Mm. Um, and it was quite a strange feeling to go, actually, yeah, both are quite true. Um, it was just really pleasing to see, though, uh, Kelvin, you mentioned about party being out. And uh, Steve, you mentioned before the game as well in our little WhatsApp group, he said, we look really, really light in midfield all of a sudden without passing, without Shaka. Mm. And in, in some ways, on paper, we do. And um, I also heard that Maitland-Niles was the third oldest player at the pitch at 24. For reference, I'm the baby of this group at 25 who knows nothing about the 90s. Uh, <laughs> and I'm older than, than uh, eight players on that football pitch. Um, so that's how young a squad we have. And to see them dig in the way that they did, uh, the way you'd expect experienced pros to do, uh, and not cave uh, as some youngsters might, was really quite a testament to them and their character as much as their ability. So it was really pleasing to see. It was a bit of a worry, wasn't it, when when Partey was announced out of the team? Uh, we've talked about it before many times on this podcast, and, and you, you mentioned it in, in the group chat that... We aren't necessarily light in midfield. We're light in, in quality. You know, we haven't got experienced midfielders and we're always like one injury away um, from being quite vulnerable in that area of the field. And I feel like with the African combinations around the corner, it's definitely soon. I think that's sort of the priority in January. We have to, you've got, you've got to bring someone in, in my opinion. But, um, you know, listen, look, looking at the game, I thought Ainsley, Ainsley came in and did a really good job. Um, I was really impressed with him. Sky Sports man of the match as well. So credit to him. Sammy Lakonga as well. I think he had he had an all right game. Made a, you know, made a few little errors. Um, most notably when Watford nearly scored. You know, he gave the ball away right on the edge of the box. But um mm. listen, you know, it's it's they came in, they're both both very young. Well, I say Ainsley's young, you know, he's been around a long time now, hasn't he? But I yeah. on the whole, I thought they were pretty good. Also, I wanted to make note of um Tavares who who kept his place in the team. Um, and, I, and I like that, you know, because Kieran was fit and I think, you know, you, you wouldn't have been wrong for thinking maybe that, you know, he brings Tierney back in. Um, but you know what? He earned his place in the team and I thought he had a really good game. Yeah, and I also want to just mention uh, uh, on Tavares, uh, Tommy Yasu on the other side, who was personally my man of the match, because uh, Watford's strength is in their wide areas, right? Ismail Asar and Co. Um, and both Nuno and Tommy didn't give either of their wide players, uh, Josh King, very quick, very powerful sort of striker, didn't give them a sniff. Uh, I thought they were absolutely excellent today. So, yeah, you're absolutely right to point out Nuno, but a quick shout to Tommy Asu as well. Yeah, and Ben White, to be fair. I mean, defensively, we were very good. Uh, just on the Tavares thing, obviously, you know, him keeping his place, which was, which was great. Uh, you know, you look at it from the other angle as well, which I think is quite nice, and it's something that I'd like to see developed throughout the squad, and that's, you know, if, if someone has been out injured, you know, in, in the past, typically, if you look, you know, Thomas Partey's recent kind of example for this, we've tried rushing players back in and it'd be nice to see that, you know, we didn't necessarily need to do that with Tierney, uh, whereas in the past we might, you know, we might have done. Yeah, really fair point. I think, you know, Calvin sort of made a good point at the start by saying like going forward, I think we didn't really ask enough questions. I think we started the game really well and you could see that Watford were there for the taking. Mm. And once we got that early goal, they got chalked off and we sort of, I don't know, it was a weird one because we had, we sort of, we looked quite comfortable, but we weren't really doing a lot. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I, th I think in some ways it can appear that way, but I also got quite the, the sense that they were there for the taking, like you said, 
And if it hampered them and Kevin Friend allowing it, then just taking us out at every opportunity, anytime we got a sniff of their uh, final third, I think we would have created a few more. I mean, it, it, if it, it works, right? If you're not getting books, you're going to foul players because you can keep getting away with it time and time again. So it's kind of a little bit up to the referee as well to manage that and say, no, if you're going to keep doing this, I am going to keep booking you. And they soon stop. And then you soon find, I think we probably would have found that we'd create more chances than we ended up doing. Um, on the flip side, yeah, we probably, I think, I think because when you get fouled, it's quite easy to stand off because you don't want to pick up an injury, especially just before an international break. You think to yourself, well, there's time in the game left. We'll find another opportunity. And it is quite easy just to stand off that little bit extra at the same time. So, yeah, maybe we could have forced it a bit more, but I, I do put it down to more the rotational fouling more than anything else. Getting on to, we'll talk about the, the main events in the game. Obviously, we, we scored the early goal. Um, I, I certainly thought it was a goal, as I mentioned before. Yeah. Be honest. Calvin, this is aimed at you. Be honest. Did you yeah. think that? Did you celebrate the goal? No. Did you know? No, I did know. Yeah. Um, oh, and it's not. It's lie. not. To come, yeah, come, you should know me better than that. It's not to come across as big-headed. But look, I grew up. My old man's a qualified referee, so you know, I kind of grew up. You knew these sorts of things, and yeah, I was aware of it. As soon as he scored it, I was kind of half like, "Oh, go on, like get in," as you do. But you know, I did realize there was uh, the keeper was quite far forward, and there was only one defender behind him. So I did question it at the time. Just me then, right? Yeah, just you, you plunker. I never knew that rule. What a stupid rule. You're not the only one by the sounds of it. <laughs> no, I, I, heard Twitter went, I heard Twitter went absolutely mental. Um, until usual. a few people were brave. And, yeah, until a few people, some very brave souls out there would, just went, actually, that's not the rule. <laughs> uh, and then and people started to get wind of it. But no, it, the, I can't remember if the rule is goalkeeper plus one or just two players. Um, but I know it's usually at least two players. So basically, um, yeah, if the if the goalkeeper is ahead of the ball, there needs to be two players behind him. It is just two. I didn't think the rule specified what position. Just for I'm sure I said in the group chat very confidently that it was two players and there's no specification on who those players are. Oh no, it could be just from just that. not the yeah, yeah. So it is a tricky one. Uh, but I think we all know about it now. That's the, the conclusion <laughs> for sure. It's what? such a rare scenario, though, so I can kind of yeah. forgive you for not quite realising in the moment. Yeah, no. I'm what made that. it worse was the celebration they did um, when they were, like, lying down together. Yeah. I just felt so sorry for my... I instantly thought, like, if we if we lose today, that is a meme <laughs> for <Yeah>. life. <laughs> it is, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it would be a meme for sure. Getting back to the goal, do we think Aubameyang should have done better there? Or should Saka have left it for Aubameyang? I mean, it's all hindsight. You know, we love to talk about ifs, buts, and maybes. It's irrelevant, but yeah. Hindsight or not on this one, um, yeah, Aubameyang should be doing much better uh, with his touch in the initial chance, and it should be 1-0 at that very point. I mean, it, when it happened, you, you got frustrated in the moment because you kind of want... You, like, Aubameyang is on the fringe of things. We may as well get stuck into it now while we're talking about it because he was involved in this moment. But... Um, we can't deny his work rate and stuff like that at the moment. But one thing that's frustrating with him is his you know, lack of good goals. Obviously, he scored a couple here, missed a few penalties, which isn't great. But um, 
in that moment, it was particularly frustrating, um, you know, that he couldn't just finish it off because it was simple. It's it, it, at that level, it should be a simple finish with strike, a quick touch and then fire it in. Uh, and it didn't happen. Um, I mean, I don't know whether you guys feel the same or that's certainly how I felt in the moment, that's for sure. No, I was going to say I'm in agreement. And actually, I don't really blame for Saka for taking it on either. Kind mm. of, do you remember, fast forwarding a little bit, but the second uh, disallowed goal that Aubameyang's involved in, uh, a striker goes for that. And it's kind of in some weird way pleasing to see Saka go, no, I've got the better opportunity here. Take it off his captain, his experienced uh, striker teammate, and go, no, I've got the better opportunity and just take it as a natural, you'd expect from any natural goal scorer. Uh, so I can't really fault Saka in the same way that when we get onto it, I won't really fault Aubameyang for the, for the second one. I mean, I thought Aubameyang had a... I, I, I thought he had a bad day. Um, you, you can question his work rate, whatever. I, I thought he was mm. really poor, to be honest. Um, listen, if you isolate all three um, incidents on their own, you sort of look past it. Because it, became, because it was in one game, you know, it was, it was, the, it was the, 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 the Saka goal, then it was the missed penalty, and then the Odegaard, you just feel a bit like, come on, you know, mm. like with, with, with the, with the penalty, it didn't look confident. Um, no. I don't really know why he took it. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm not going to get into that. Um, as for the Odegaard one, it was just a bit frustrating. Like I, I, I always feel like we saw it quite a lot, a lot that season where he was in offside positions. Like he just seems he's got real bad. Is it spatial awareness? Is that the right term? Like there are, there are many situations where he's in offside positions and it, Listen, if he's onside and he doesn't go for it and it goes wide, I guess what you'll say, why didn't he go for it? You know? Hmm. Um, what annoyed me about it is when he smiled and it's sort of like you smile in and there's still like 10, 15 minutes to go and it's one nil. like... Right. It is frustrating watching that as well. I think, you know, again, we get to watch it from different angles. He was reacting very quickly to something in the moment, which you can kind of understand. But the thing that I think, and again, there's underlying factors to it, which I think is probably why it frustrates us more than it probably should. Like for me, it, it just, you know, I get that sense of maybe a little bit of desperation uh, because he's aware of his goal scoring, um, uh, well, lack of goal scoring at the minute uh, in open play. Uh, and that's what you want, you know, you do see from strikers when they're in that, you know, that vein of form is, you know, just anything, just give me a goal in open play, not from a penalty. Um <sighs> You just expect better from someone, again, at that level, um, someone of his experience as well. It's, you know, it's not a youngster who's keen to make his mark. It's, you know, someone who's played at the elite level for many years. Um, you know, it, it's ultimately quite frustrating. And, you know, I don't want to, to, to you know, harp on too much and, you know, get stuck into a Bamiyang. You know, I have mentioned it a couple of times on the podcast over, you know, the course of the season so far. And it's just, it, his work rate, you know, it allows him a little bit of leeway because I do think that's something which is massively improved from last season. That does contribute to the way we play. Um, but just that lack of, um, you know, goals, uh, it's that worry to what else he can bring to the team, which which ultimately makes me think that, you know, we, we are possibly going to have to look at strength in that area pretty soon. Yeah, I agree, mate. I think, you know, in terms of, you know, the front line, Aubameyang, like I said, Mm. And they are sort of coming towards the end of their their powers almost. You know, they sort of reach their ceiling. Uh, like I said, it's like a contract end of the season. Mm. So, listen, they've, they've talked about Ollie Watkins, haven't they? Calvert-Lewin. We'll see. Um, yeah. I think no, it's, it's definitely sort of on the priority list 
Yeah, there'll be plenty of uh, plenty of players linked with this uh, from that area of the pitch over the next six to twelve months. That's for sure. Um, and you know, like I said, it's inevitable we'll have to get one, and um, because from what we've seen from from Martinelli so far this season, I can't see him being, you know, either you know going into that starting eleven or even being you know, immediate backup, um, you know, right. if, if we don't have that first choice striker, I just think that's too much to rely on for him. We, so, we yeah, need I mean, like a, a marquee yeah, sign, don't we? Yeah, I think so. I think so. Yeah, we do need something up there that's going to, you know, put a bit more sharpness to this sword that we've created so far. I think, you know, we're all excited about what we're seeing behind the attack and this, you know, the solidity that we've got from this defence, you know, that that defence looks fairly set for the time being. I, I you know, with a couple of options in there as well, which is great. You know, midfield looks fairly set. That one area where we're all kind of itching to maybe see something different and someone bring a bit more to the table, which is, again, something I was worried about with Aubameyang, that lack of if he doesn't score goals, what does he bring? You know, if we could get, you know, an up-and-coming really, you know, on, on the edge of the, you know, on the edge of his game, um, you know, good striker, that that would just hopefully take this team to the next level. I think that's what we're all kind of hoping to see in the summer. I really want to sort of push on because I really want to get to the goal. Um, mm. I thought it was hilarious. Um, quick mention for Danny Rose, the absolute clown, Mr. A News on Milan. No, Danny, you're not going to Milan. You're shit and you're playing for Watford now. You absolute clown. How did Danny Rose not get booked? Liam, you put an interesting stat into the group. Was in it from the first half that... Was it we committed three fouls, two yellow cards? There's been like 14 fouls, no yellow cards or something ridiculous. I think they still had a, like one or two bookings, but yeah, I don't know how Rose wasn't sent off with a penalty, let alone hadn't been booked throughout the entire 90 minutes. Yeah. It was beyond a joke. Yeah, it was a strange uh, officiating performance all round, wasn't it? Let's be honest. Just lazy and poor, just lazy and poor refereeing. Yeah. Getting on to the goal. Listen, you could call us biased as Arsenal fans, but it's an, and in crowd, Claudio Ranieri was not happy. Um, listen, the fact is, you know, he can't expect respect from Arsenal. You know, when his side has spent ninety minutes kicking us, fouling us, wasting time. You know, why should we give the ball back? The fact is, the player's gone down. Don't know who he is. Don't go. Um, he's gone down. Rose looks up, sees he's down. He's passed it out. Player gets up. You can see Rose. He's telling him to get back down. He's cheating. That's cheating. He's yeah. There's nothing wrong with him. He's telling to get back on the floor. So the referee um, blows the whistle and then um, it, it stops the attack. So, you know, we thought, fuck that. We'll keep the ball. And we play on. We score the goal. Maybe you could argue there was a foul in the build-up. That, that I get. But, you know, in terms of giving the ball back, I don't, I don't, I don't agree at all. Um, if you're going to play like that, you know, this sort of non-football, you know, shithousery, you've got, you know, what goes around comes around, right? Yeah, I've got no sympathy for them either. I really don't. Um, I genuinely, th I think, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think it was as the ball was being kicked out, so not even as we're taking the throw, and it's as the ball's being kicked out, he's already getting up, if I'm not mistaken. So why would we? And it's not like they've kicked it out for our player. Mm. They've gone, oh, we see your player is injured. We'll, you know, we'll kick out so you can get treatment. They've kicked it out. As his own player is getting up from a from feigning injury, let's be honest. Yeah. So no, no sympathy at all. And I think you're right. The more egregious um, 
area of the goal that I think Watford may have a case for is to make the Niles on uh, forget who it was against now. Some some, some clown. (laughs) Yeah, probably Kutschko, the guy that got eventually got sent off just to rub salt in the wound. Um, But no, I think that's the only area where they might have a case, as you say. Otherwise, absolutely nothing wrong. If if it was rolls reverse, sure, it would probably be a bit peeved off. Mm. But I'm not sure I'd really argue it and to the point where I feel so hard done by and they've done the wrong thing. I'd be a bit peeved off, but that might be about it. Yeah, so I can understand why you'd feel a bit peeved off about it, Liam, for sure. Because if it was the other way around, you'd be, um, yeah, annoyed, to say the least. But I think the one thing that I kind of like about it is it's something which has been in football for quite a while. It crept in maybe, you know, 20 years ago or so, where, you know, this fair play, you know, you kick the ball out if someone's, you know, injured. But that's, you know, there is a line on it. That's if someone's properly injured. Yeah, kick it out, of course. Um, but like you said, you see so many people, you know, effectively cheating um, or play acting. Um, and, you know, and Arsenal are a part of that, of course. They are. We probably help bring it into the game, to be honest. But it is, I think it's a very English thing. We just hate seeing. Uh, and I think, yeah, how many times have we watched a game where we get frustrated by that situation? And in this one, we did what we would like to see as a fan and it, it paid dividends for us. And you know what? Fuck it. That, you know, if that's what it takes for us, you know, Arsenal have always been a bit, you know, known as this softly, softly team. Maybe let's just stick it to other people every now and again, because it's, you know, like you say, swings and roundabouts. And, you know, sometimes it's good to, you know, for things to go your way. They've got some, you know, incredible nerve to sort of complain about football etiquette when, you know, they've, they've sort of kicked us, you know, off the field for 90 minutes. Um, listen, you know, like I said, what goes around comes around and, you know, it, it was a great finish from uh, Smith Rowe. I think it took a little deflection around Scott Carson. Who, you know ben what? Foster. Ben Foster. Why do I always say Scott Carson? I always think it's Scott Carson. <laughs> no idea. It's Ben Foster. I have no idea either. I, I watch his YouTube videos as well. It's crazy. Just, an, yeah, so um, it's just another clown to Steve. Um, but, um, yeah, we, we take it. One of the Arsenal. Nervy last few minutes. There was, there was that one, one moment where Ramsdale sort of... Um, well, I don't know. Fabianski. Really. Came steaming yeah. out, basically. Yeah, came charging. Very, very answer, yes. But, yeah, we did enough. And we're fifth in the league, getting dizzy up here. Fifth. Temporarily into how fourth did, as well. How did, how did that happen? Don't say it too loud. I don't want to jinx anything. I know. We're all trying so yeah. hard not to get carried away. It's, right, it's not like we're going to Anfield or anything in a couple ah. of weeks. Oh, let's see how we feel after that, eh? You know what? The- yeah. The thing is with Anfield, me and Calvin was chatting about this, I think it's a bit of a free hit. But also, like, I think the international break helps us. I think if we were going to Liverpool next week, on the back of Liverpool losing, you never want to play them. But because there's the break, I think it makes, I think it just changes the, the dynamics. Uh, I could be chatting absolute nonsense, I don't know. But I feel like, listen, we go up there, all I want is, is, a, is a performance. Uh, I'm not really expecting anything. If we get anything, it, it's a bonus. Um, I think we just have to be realistic. You know, as long as we go up there, put a shift in, don't get out, don't get thrashed. I think we last got a result there in 2012, or we, when we went, or 2013, when we had the purple kit on. Mm. I think that's, we beat that's a long time ago, though, isn't it? Was that the Van Persie them. double? No, I think the RB scored in this I game. I think Kazola scored. Oh, no, yeah, it was the Kazola uh, Podolski's first uh, game. Yeah. We'd gone like three nil nils in a row and then mm. won at Anfield, didn't we? Yeah, that's it. Mm. That's great knowledge. We did, we did beat. Might them have been two minutes. We did beat them in the League Cup. 
Mm. Um, on yeah, penalties last season, but we're not going to count that. Um, so it's going to be diff- it's going to be tricky. But listen, Brighton, Brighton went up there; they got a result. Who knows? Um, It'd be great. Let's be honest; it'd just be great to come away with something from Anfield. It really would. Yeah. Listen, it's not out of the question. I think you know maybe maybe it's blind optimism, but mm. why not? I'd take a draw right now, nil nil, one one, all day long. Absolutely. So for this week's one good, one bad, are we all prepared? Have we got some answers or are more we prepared than I was last week? I think, yeah. You bit you organised this week, are you? Yeah, a little bit better, a little bit better. Still a bit of a rush job, though. Rush job. Go on then. Hit me with your one good. One good is actually turned into two good. Is that all right? Is that acceptable yeah. for the... Yeah. Okay. As long as it's not like Liam's one bad being Tottenham. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> I knew you were going to bring this up. <laughs> Rightly so, Liam. Rightly so. Um, mine was Arsenal temporarily going into fourth spot. That was nice to see. It's been a while since we uh, flirted with our favourite number. Um, before I get, just go and steal the second, Liam, I'll, I'll let you go first, just in case it's the same. You know, I'm an um, honourable gentleman like that. That's very kind, but possibly not. No, I'm literally thinking this on the fly because I'm much less prepared than you are. Wow. Um, <laughs> we've swapped goals to this week. Um, <laughs> now, my one good is I'm quite a good, I do watch Ben Foster's uh, YouTube channel. I'm goalkeeper myself. Uh, so I do quite watch it quite a lot. So I'm quite glad that I can, whenever it comes out, I could go ahead and watch that and see what all the behind the scenes Arsenal stuff is like. Without having to then go, um, but we lost the game. Yeah. So that, that's that's quite a nice thing for me, uh, for me personally. So I'll go with that as my good. Fair enough, Steve. What are you saying? I love how Liam is is also sat in a goalkeeper shirt as he's talking yeah. about goalkeeping. Love looking at training. I got training in twenty minutes, lads. Um, my my one good. Um, Oh, listen, we can all say the Arsenal. But my one good is that uh, there are no plans to replace Solskjaer at Man United. So, yeah, good uh, really good. I'm, I'm glad that, that that ship is still moving in the right direction. Mm. Are you on bad? We'll go backwards, Liam. Uh, I think Kelvin had another good one. I did. Thanks to, you know, Liam's paying attention. I like that. Thank you, Liam. I, I thought you'd said both of them at the same time. He just no, likes the hard air time. He's, he well, just he's... loves the... Loves to talk. I do love to talk. I've kept it kept it to a minimum today, though. So far, we've still got time. You've been very, you've been very good today. Yeah, good boy, good boy. <laughs> um, my second one was just Emma Smith Rowe eventually getting a call up to the England squad. I think that definitely deserves a a little nod, tip of the hat. I'm getting like a deja vu when we, did, when we did the the shirt podcast, and I said to Calvin, "What's your favourite Arsenal shirt?" And he pulled out about forty-seven different shirts. <laughs> Is that is that all you is that all your goods or have we got some? Media yeah, that's, that's that's we can talk. Yeah. I've I've got one more good one actually. Spurs still can't get a, a shot on goal. What's it? Three hours or something? I've seen now two games. That's in a row. solid. Yeah, that's solid indeed. Did anyone see that corner they took? I saw a clip on YouTube. <laughs> yeah, like Salso. It's a horrendous <laughs> corner. Um, so yeah, well done, Liam. That is in the right context. So. Better. We'll allow that. No Better. one said that my one bad thing couldn't be something fun and enjoyable. And I enjoy it when Spurs are shit. Yeah, and they bad. are bad. Yeah, they so, are bad. <laughs> I came up... It's the same I can think of that um, context whilst we were on the pod and I only thought of it afterwards. It's but, oh, it's Hindsight's fine. a magical thing, eh, Liam? It is. Isn't it just? So what? what is your one bad, Liam? Oh, hang on, sorry. Calvin, have you got another good? 
Just... No, no, we've already asked that. No. I've already clarified. I do not. Thank you. Thank you. I can pass. I can That's move right. on from that. What was your one bad for the week, Liam? Well, I'm very underprepared, so I would like one of you two to go first, so I can piggyback it. That's all right. Wow. Or maybe that could be my bad thing, being underprepared. Yeah, that is bad. That is bad. Um, even if I am underprepared, I can still think of something on the spot. So we expect better uh, performance from you. Things are so rosy at the moment that it's hard to think of something. Well, bad. I've got, I mean, shock horror. I've got two bads as well as two goods. Uh, so you can have one of these. You can have one of the following. Either my other, my first one is not scoring more during the game. And then in brackets, Aubameyang is my one bad. But I then remembered the, uh, I don't know if you boys seen it, the uh, thing about Paul Scholes uh, and Toes. Did, did, did anyone else see that? Oh, yeah. Oh, his daughter's toenails. Oh, it was... Hey, fucking weird. I don't think... Just just saying. What, what's going on there, then? Just, I'm just going to open that up, actually. Why, 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 what, what the fuck's that about? You're not don't open it up on my screen, please. God's sake. <laughs> I've, I've got a big screen here, Liam. Do you not... Are you, t- are you trying to tell me that you don't bite Hannah's toenails every night? That is absolutely disgusting. Um <laughs> I always knew there was something a bit strange about you, that's for sure. <laughs> Not at all. Um, Liam, do you have a... Do you have a um, yeah, he's, got to pick one, he's got to pick one of those. Actually, he's, he doesn't get to pick. You can have the toes, mate. Just the visit, you know, visit the toes. Oh, I'd, rather, I'd, I'd rather ignore that altogether and forget it existed. Um, <laughs> all right, my, my, my one bad can be Southend United. My, my family come from Southend, so I do follow them quite regularly. Frankly, they are shit at the moment. Mm. Uh, they got absolutely battered at the weekend by Chesterfield. It's pretty sure it was Chesterfield. Mm. Uh, knocked out of the FA Cup in round one uh, after barely scraping through the qualifying rounds. And they're sat near the relegation zone of the National League, uh, having been relegated from the professional divisions for the first time in like 100 odd years. Um, so yeah, I'm going to go with Southend this week. I just have to throw in that there's a club I didn't think would get a mention on, a, on an Arsenal podcast anytime soon. Uh, family uh, helps. Family helps. Then United. Yep. Take that box. Give, Steve, what's yours? He's given the listeners what they want. Uh, my one bad is Danny Rose because he's an absolute prick. Yeah, fair. So, listener, on this day, 9th of November, two thousand and two. Arsenal beat Newcastle 1-0. But can you name the lineup? Is it that Bergkamp goal? Is that the game? Give you a clue. Sylvan Wiltsward scored. This was at Highbury. Oh, it's at Highbury. Maybe not. In the Premier League. All right, Wiltsward. Yeah, Wiltsward. <laughs> Came off the bench. <laughs> uh, Wiltsward was in the lineup. That is correct. What year was this again, Steve? I wasn't 2000. kind of listening, to be honest. This is too... What a surprise. Uh, 2002. A little bit like when you talk. Uh, 2002. Seaman in goal, then. Seaman in goal? Um, it's David Seaman in goal. Big Dave. I'm going to go Ashley Cole at left back. Yep. I'm going to go Sol Campbell. Yep. Tony Adams. I'm going to sit... Retired. I'm going to sit here and let Kelvin do it. This is where it gets tricky. Right back. Uh, either. Oh, excuse the dog in the background if you can hear that. He's going absolutely mental. Muzzle that thing. 
Yeah, I'm at home, I'm home alone. I've got to pick up Hannah later. So, you know, he's just out there just doing his thing, doing doing basically what he wants. <laughs> so back to this this uh starting eleven. Not Lauren at right back or Lee Dixon? No. Nope. Neither. Lee Dixon have retired. In 2002? This is oh two oh three. All right, sneaky. Oleg Luzhny? Yes. <laughs> so you've got Cole Luzhny, Campbell. One more. Yeah, who was in there? Who was in there? Go on, Liam. But this is where I get mixed up between the older guys of the, the Mercens, the Parlors, the Adams, Dixons and whatnot. And the Invincibles lot, Vieira's, yeah. Gilberto's. Right. It Can... falls into a grey area for me. So I'm go- I want to say bald. Steve, but I don't know if that's... Can I, I will give you a clue in song format, okay? Are you ready for this? Not particularly. He's bold. Oh. <laughs> he's bold. He's shit. He plays where no one's fit. Seagan? No. Yes. <laughs> I do not remember that song. Pascal Seagan. So it was David Seaman... Saul Campbell, Ole Lushny, Pascal Sigan, and Ashley Cole. Right. In the midfield. Patrick Vieira. Yep. Parla? No. No. Merson? No. Yes. So Liam, to put it into context, this is the season this is between uh he, he was on the bench. This is the season between the double winning team of O one and two and yeah. This is why I say it falls into a grey area for me because they kind of, in my memory, this because you've got to remember I was five years old at this time. Well, that's not good. How many excuses every week? (laughs) Well, keep give me some more recent ones and I'll be all right. Um, There were some more recent merges for me. There were some more recent ones, but we lost on this day. So, Mm. yeah, lots of fun. Um, I've seen this midfield then. This is tricky. Who have you got so far? See. Jumberg, was he in there? Yeah, Lundberg. Have you said Vieira? Yeah. yeah we're, missing, Vieira. we're missing another centre mid. It's quite easy. He signed, oh, quite easy. he signed this summer. He signed this season. Brazilian. Oh, Eddie. No. Oh, Gilberto. No, that wasn't the same. No. Yes. What? Gilberto. Gilberto. Was... Yeah, it was his first season. Oh, yeah. So Gilberto, Lundberg, Vieira, and then... We'll put we'll, we'll put Wiltwood in there as well because mm. this is listed as a four three three. Wiltwood alongside him. He was along someone else up front. Not Big Thierry. Yes, it was. So it's uh, uh, Seaman, Campbell, Lujny, Sigan, Cole, Gilbert Silver, Lundberg, Vieira, Burkham, Henri, Wiltwood, and uh, Eddie came on for Wiltwood, and Perez came on for Burkham. Uh, and a sub's not used. No, well, subs, it was Pires, Taylor, Edu, Stepanovs, and Colo Torre. Go on, Alan Shearer was playing back then. Jesus, that's a long time ago, though. When you think about it. Long yeah. time ago. Nikos Dabizas. What a name. Remember that chap. Not well, but Dobby yeah, Solano. Very hazy for Liam that, that period of time. That is really hazy. And it was 20 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> Mike Dean was the referee with an attendance of 38,121 at Highbury. That goes to show how old Mike bloody Dean is, doesn't it, really? How long he's been about. Yeah, I was just thinking that. He's still knocking around the little bastard. He's in his 50s, he must be, isn't he? Oh, yeah. But this was the, the 52nd game Arsenal uh, scored in concession, in succession in the Premier League. Coming up to the stats this week, Steve. Love it. Loves the stats, doesn't he? Yeah, big, big fan. Big fan. 
I guess on that bombshell, lads, it's probably time to end the show. Um, as always, we'd just like to thank you for taking the time to listen to the podcast. Uh, we hope you've enjoyed it. As I keep saying lately, it's always even nicer to listen to when you've got three points in the bag. If you want to follow any of us on the social media platforms, you can do so. Steve, our wonderful host, he can be found on Twitter and Instagram at in the clock end. Uh, myself, I can be found on Twitter at underscore the arse underscore and Instagram at the Arsenal shirt. And Liam can be found on Twitter at Guna. Please keep an eye on our social feeds for information on the next podcast and when it be available. But until then, look after yourselves, look after each other. Take care. Bye bye.